Hey, what's up, universe? Welcome to episode 26 of It's a Choice. This is literally the halfway, half-year, six-month mark of this podcast. And if you've been with me the entire time, I just want to take a moment and say thank you for listening to all 26 episodes through all the twists and turns that have happened uh, throughout the development um, of where I've been and kind of where I've gone and what I've shared with you guys. Um, just really appreciate it. So I have no idea how long this episode's going to be. could be one of the longer uh, episodes just because I really want to speak about my experience with the program that I went through you know, that, um, as I was going through it last week, uh, as well, and that other, in the, in episode 25, um, the program that Ricky, uh, and Luke put on, um, so the name of their program is The Journey Within, and I would totally recommend this program. This was unlike anything else I've experienced, you know, I've done, as you guys know, I've done Tony Robbins stuff. I've done some of Garrett J. White stuff. I've done Jim Fortin's TCP program. And now I've done The Journey Within uh, by Ricky and Luke. And it was, uh, it was fantastic. It was absolutely worth everything. It was an, an intense six days. Like I mentioned in, that, in my last podcast, the first day was brutal. <laughs> but totally worth it. I kept that with me the entire week. Um, and there were subsequent experiences that I had um, throughout the program that really brought things together for me. And so the name of this episode is Choose Your Teacher. You know? And it's funny, in a way, uh, because it really just represents so many different facets and so many different things. We had to choose an identity at the beginning of the program. And my intention for the program was to gain clarity around this teacher role, you know, that I've been working on for over a year now. And um, so that was my, that was my nickname was teacher. So they went around and they called me teacher, right? Um, because that's, that was my, that's my identity. And there's a show called Full Metal Alchemist. And the two main characters in that show have uh, a woman that teaches them about alchemy. And they refer to her as teacher. I don't think they even re refer to her as her, I don't think her real name is ever even mentioned. They just call her teacher. So that's where I took it from. And I've honestly had my own resistance towards the word teacher. So I felt like it was appropriate that I chose something that I was resisting, but yet still working on. I knew I had an identity around it that I was wanting to step into, that I needed to step into. There were so many prompts and nudges and pushes over the last, like I say, over a year to get me into this role. So I chose teacher. So that's, that's my name. But at the same time, there's Ricky and there's Luke and there's all of the participants. Like the way I look at teachers and the, the whole phenomenon of teaching is that it's not the teacher's not just the teacher. They're also the student. We are all 
teachers and students. This is a very reciprocal relationship. Um, so I had things that I was bringing to the table and everybody else did too. So what I want to speak to about my experience is not just the first day where I got pushed to like beyond physical limits that I ever thought that I had and depths that I never thought I could reach within myself that I kept with me the entire week, but also like two other experiences that actually there's just multiple, I mean, but two that are going to come up and then there's a third one um, that is just an interesting manifestation that is outside of the program. Um, it just happened to take place, you know, at the same location. So let me just kind of get into it. There is a day in the program called Spirit Day, and it's a fantastic, fantastic day. And I'm not going to get into like all of the details about it because I definitely want to leave things, like I say, as a, as a surprise. And I already spoke to Ricky about, you know, hey, I want to talk about my experience. And he's like, it's, he's totally cool with me talking about it. It does ask me to leave some things out, which I will totally honor and respect. Uh, but I can speak, you know, pretty freely about my experience. So one of the things that happened on Spirit Day for me was there was just this part of that day was that we um, were challenged in certain ways uh, to overcome certain obstacles that they that they presented to us. Like we actually legitimately had to overcome these things. It was it's not a it's not an intellectual exercise. It wasn't a physical exercise. It was a you're placed in this circumstance, you have these goals, <laughs> now go overcome them. Like you have, you also are presented with very real challenges um, that you have to overcome. And one of them is basically being paired up with a buddy and you have to, you don't have your, you have your cell phone, but you can't make any calls because they take your SIM card. You can't use any Wi-Fi, no money, take your cash and you've got to make it to a location where everybody else is going to end up. So me and my partner, we overcome that challenge, but it takes us a little bit to do that. And when we arrive, we arrive at the mall and I won't list everything else that we had to do because what, what came up to me, what was inspired inside of me when we got to the mall is that I felt like making a scene in the food court, but I didn't know why. And this is really important. This whole idea of an outcome was giant for me throughout this program because it was, it was drilled home in a couple of different ways. And one of the ways is through this experience here. I wanted to make a scene in the food court. I just felt it inside of me. I was like, I need to make a scene. And it was tied, like the energy around it was the same energy that drove me and pushed me through the physical challenge on the first day. The first day as I was going through that physical challenge, I really just viscerally felt like if I don't fucking complete this, if I decide to, if I really choose to give up and like cave and like just fuck that off, then I'm 
I'm losing something. Like there's a real cost to that. And the cost is losing everything that I've been working on over the last year to year and a half on my new identity. And like everything that I've been working on attracting into my life. The next level, the next, like the new me that I've been working on since I've been back from Fiji where I met Ricky, all of that was going to go away. Everybody that I met, all of the progress that I made, all of the change that I've grabbed onto and like incorporated and all of that effort, all of that effort was going to just evaporate. I really felt that and I, 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 I believe it. And there wasn't a second chance. There was no, yeah, you could fuck it off this time and eh, next time on the merry-go-round. Like, no, no, it was it. This is, this is like the one shot, you know, like Eminem, like you get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. Opportunity comes once in a lifetime. And I felt that. So that's what pushed me on the first day to like just keep fucking going. So when we got to the mall on Spirit Day, that same energy came up around making a scene in the mall. But I was like, why would I do that? In the food court, not just the mall, but in the food court. I was like, why? What, what's my outcome? Like, what's my goal? And so it was about having direction. If you guys remember episode 16, back on like, what, January 26th, if I'm looking at the, I'm looking at my episodes right, yeah, episode 16, January 26th, choose a direction. And I talk about being directionless. That's where I was at again in the food court. Felt totally, totally called to make a scene in the food court. And if I didn't, then I was going to lose something. I was going to lose that opportunity. There was a cost, major fucking cost. And it drove me crazy. Because I just kept wandering around the food court. I'm like, why would I make a scene here? What's the outcome I'm after, right? And my partner for this challenge, she had already, we had, we split up when we got to the mall. We each had to do our own individual challenges. So there was like, we had like a two hour window or so to complete all of the challenges, including getting to the mall. So with like 10 maybe 15 minutes left in the challenge, you know, I go to Ricky and my partner because they're both in the food court at this point. And I already told my partner, I was like, I want to make a scene. And she, she was like, when we first arrived at the mall, when the feeling first came up and she was like, you go ahead and do that. She's like, I'm not doing that. So 10 to 15 minutes left in the challenge. And I go up to Ricky and I was like, man, I said, I want to make a scene in this food court. I was like, but I don't know why. Like, I don't know what my outcome is. And my partner, she said, you could ask for money for, for a donation, you know, which was part of the challenge. We were supposed to raise $100 for, you know, some type of charity, whatever charity we wanted, right? And Ricky was like, that would be fucking awesome. And I was like, all right, this is what I'll do. Somebody defined my outcome for me, right? And it just... Just to sidetrack just a moment, it just made me think about like IT jobs that I've had. Like when one, one of the things I love is like when people come to me with a problem, they're like, this is our outcome that we want. And they leave me alone to like create the solution. I'm like really fucking good at that. Super fucking good at that. But somebody else has defined the outcome. It wasn't me. That wasn't my direction. I'm just left to come up and be creative about how we get there.
so I, it, that just struck me. I mean, that's like, I need to, and part of the program is talking about clarity on outcomes and like how, if you don't fucking have that, you won't know where the fuck you're going and how, just how powerful clarity and outcomes are, and especially clarity of your outcomes. Like what the fuck are you going after? So this really like gelled that together for me, this experience. So I go out in the middle of the food court and I go, hey, everybody. And you can start to hear the silence, the hush go over the food court. And I just keep talking. And I wasn't really all that eloquent because I was in the moment. I was kind of kind of nervous about it. Right. Like I could before I did it, like I knew that it was going to make me uncomfortable but I also was fully aware that I had the capacity to do this. Like it wasn't like a, a showstopper by any means. Like I can get out in front of a fucking crowd and like make a scene. I'm never going to see these people again. Most likely judge me all you fucking want. Don't give a shit. Right. I mean, I give kind of a shit, but not enough of a shit to stop me. You know what I mean? So I get out there and I say that, Hey everybody, my name is Zach Olinger from Kansas city just like to take a moment of your time to like ask for a donation for an organization that's dear to my heart. It's called Operation Underground Railroad. It's about, you know, finding kids that are being sex trafficked and like stopping that, you know, like saving those kids from, from that. I said, I've got two sons. It's just close to my heart. And that, that was pretty much it. It was just like, I just wanted to take a moment of your time and ask for donations for that organization. You know, thank you. And I actually had a couple people, women, come up and speak to me about what it is I was talking about, and they gave me, they gave me cash for for donations. Um, now, what I ended up doing is I actually did make a donation out of my own bank account with my own card, you know, to the organization, and then and later on used that cash that the women gave me as like gas money to to get back to Kansas City from Colorado when the event was over. But the, the, my point is, is that that was like, there were three things where I felt like there was a price to be paid if I didn't step into the moment and into the role. The first one was the breakthrough day, the first day, the physical challenge. Second one was making this scene in the food court and just like stepping into that and just like putting myself out there. The third thing came the night of spirit day. And this was the, the breakthrough day, like first day, the physical challenge was huge and physical. The night of spirit day was like the flip side. It was completely internal and very, very, very energetic and spiritual and had the same magnitude of intensity. Now, what I found interesting as I'm going through that experience, the night of spirit day, right? And they call that, they, they call that portion of the, of the program. That's the journey within. As I'm going through my journey within, I found myself actually being way more comfortable dealing with like, energetic intensity of my experience versus the physical 
intensity that I had on the first day. Like that shit, the physical intensity, I was like, fuck, like I'm dying. The, the journey within had massive, massive energetic intensity. And I was like, just way, way, way more at home managing that state, you know, and managing that energy. I just found it fascinating to like reflect on that. So the third thing there with the journey within that came up where I was like, okay, there's a cost if I don't step into this role was the role of being a teacher. What happened that night was an opportunity to have a beautiful conversation with a young, powerful man who is literally half my age. And I had recognized inside of this young, powerful man my own self. Talking about not knowing your outcome, not knowing your direction, being frustrated and confused and not knowing how to find that direction and just really connecting with the core of like where that was seated, you know, and to help guide this young man to a place of calm and a place of centeredness so that he could just be for just a little bit of time to find some stillness. And from that place of calm and still, then start to find his direction. And it was a fucking glorious exchange. And he taught me so much. And I honored him during that exchange that I wanted him, I needed him to to be acknowledged for his role in teaching me and his role in really bringing that out. Like there was just a moment like where I was like, if I don't step into this role right now, this experience for everybody will just, I could just see the potential and it would be gone. That was a massive, massive cost that I just couldn't let happen because that would, it was going to shut everything down for me. And that's the selfish thing, you know, like be like, that's, and there's a huge cost for me, but I didn't step into that role for me. It's totally not. It was absolutely 100% service based where it was like this young, powerful man needs to hear this. But it wasn't just that he needed to hear it. This young, powerful man chose to be ready. And I, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. There was just moments throughout the evening where like, I could see his energy and feel his energy. And I knew, I just knew, I just intuitively knew where it was coming from, why he was showing up and expressing himself the way that he was, but I couldn't just go to him and start teaching him. That's not how it was going to work. He had to be ready. He had to choose to want to receive. And he did. 
And when he did, we had the most beautiful fucking exchange. So he allowed me, he, he showed up for himself. He showed up for himself. He got himself into a place where he was ready to receive. And then he just allowed me to show up as my role as a teacher. And he showed up as my teacher. We just had this, this glorious exchange. It was literally my biggest breakthrough of the event was that experience because it just showed me so many things, the power of clarity and, of, and knowing your direction. For men, having a direction is like the same as like having life. Like if the masculine doesn't have direction, it's basically just sitting there and floundering. It's a fish out of water. It will die. It will die and it will thrash, and it will rage against the machine, and it will be frustrated as all fuck before it fucking destroys itself. Like, it will destroy itself. Because the masculine needs a direction. I mean, just think of all of you women that have totally been indoctrinated with masculine energy, and you're do, 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 where am I going, 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 what am I doing, doing, doing to get there, that's fucking masculine. And for a man, not having that is like, that's, it's, it's the same as death. And I just recognized it inside of him, because I was there not long ago, as the podcast will show you, and I was just able to connect with him in a very, very real way. And it was, it was awesome. So I, I still totally and will always express extreme gratitude for that experience. It was amazing. It was amazing. So it really solidified for me that I am a teacher. And that is definitely my direction. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I will be doing. And just having clarity about that and just understanding the importance of that in like all areas of my life. What direction do I want to go? Now, admittedly, I haven't done that yet when I came back home from the event. I haven't sat down and defined my outcomes, but I am acutely aware of like how important it is. So it is definitely something I'm going to define. And... Just to speak more into that, like we got into in the program about values and rules. And in the episode that I spoke about, you know, with interpretations, the whole making the analogy of like it's like software, right? The if then statements, the flow control, values and rules. When we got into that in the program, this is something that Tony gets into in his Date with Destiny program. And I, I had forgotten about it honestly, but it's just a deeper way of looking at those same things, you know, like what do you value and what rules do you have around it? And you really start to see and get a lot of clarity about how we're really, how we allow ourselves to be programmed to experience negative emotional experiences much, much easier and quicker than we are, than we're programmed to experience pleasure or the things that make us happy and it's just an amazing exercise and it really 
lends itself to that whole idea of if-then statements and just seeing how things are totally connected and all of these conditions that we create just so we can experience something or not experience something. And it's just so much easier and quicker for us to experience the negative rather than something that we that's empowering. So to have clarity on the outcomes and what values and what, what are my rules around those values to create those clear outcomes, that's all stuff that's definitely going to be worked on over the next week. Um, they gave us homework, you know, even though the event is over, like we had a group call today and we're going to have a group call next week, you know, so that stuff needs to be defined and it's just extremely, extremely important. And I see, I see that now it's all been very, it's all been gelled for me. I'm very grateful to Ricky and to Luke and to all of the participants because what we shared was a one I mean there's no other experience like it there's just not there's just not I have never experienced anything like that the TCP experience that I had was a once like its own extremely unique thing like it's it's just like that like there's just these pockets of of things that we can experience where like that was like that will never be repeated you know what I mean and you know you can go to like date with destiny a number of times and get different things that you take away from it but I would I would say that you would be really hard pressed to go to like a Tony event and have it be as impactful and as unique as like the journey within, you know, or the March 2020 TCP group. Like, I think even Jim's TCP program, like you're, each one's gonna be unique, but let's be serious. March 2020 was like that group. There's not gonna be another one like it. There's just not. And I know you could say that about every round of TCP, but there was just something special, you know? And that's how I feel about this particular event. And maybe it's just because it was my own personal experience with both of those things, I guess. I don't know. Anyhow, I want to speak to like just changing gears real quick, right? So the other thing that happened that was not directly related to the program is just this update with... Uh, with this opportunity, this job opportunity that's come up. So I spoke to that before. So the update is, is that I had my first interview on Friday, April 2nd, and I was still at the location where the event was. Um, and everybody else had left, right? It was just Ricky and Luke hanging out and I was hanging out with them. So I had this phone interview and I was downstairs and I was in the exact room where me and this young man had our beautiful exchange. And that same room happened to be where we held the event. It's this, I stood in the exact same place that Luke and Ricky stood when they were instructing us. So there I stood during my interview. Like I, I stood in the same place as I was instructing this young man. And then I stood in the same place as I was performing my phone interview. 
and the phone interview went excellent. And we got to compensation. The recruiter brought it up. And he was like, so what what kind of pay are you making right now? You know, like what kind of compensation are you looking for? And this recruiter's name is Davis. And I said, Davis, I said, I've had some experience with negotiation around this. And I want to know if there's an offer on the table before I tell you what I'm thinking as far as compensation. And he goes, oh, that's good. He was like, not everybody does that. He was like, just so you know, I legally have to tell you because the company is based in California. He goes, because we're based in California, if the applicant asks, I have to legally tell them what the offer is. He's like, if you didn't ask, I wouldn't have to tell you. He was like, and, and just so you know, too, I can't ask you how much you make, but I can ask you like the pay range of like what you make, which is why I framed it that way. He's like, so just, just for future reference, just so you know. And I was like, well, that's good to know. So anybody out there listening, if you're applying for a job and they're based in California, you get to ask them what their compensation package is and they have to legally tell you. So there you go. So he proceeds to tell me what the compensation package is for this position that I applied for. Now, mind you, I've been holding a number, a salary in my mind for months. You know, every time these recruiters, like I mentioned before, like 14 some odd maybe recruiters from like February through March hit me up and I told them, I was like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking for. And I just was unapologetically asking for this dollar amount. I know my value. And so when Davis was telling me about the compensation, the pay range was well within, if not, it actually even exceeded my base for what I had been envisioning. And I was, I was like, that's, that's great. That's perfect. You know? And so we were obviously in agreement with that. And uh, he goes, all right, well, the next steps are, he's like, I'm going to schedule an interview with you, um, send you a link, you know, for some availability so you can schedule a, another interview with somebody from the team that you would be on. And when that goes well, then you'll have an interview with the entire team. And when that goes well, um, then we'll work on a, an offer and we'll present it to you. I said, that sounds fantastic. Just today, I received that email and set up my interview for the next, the next interview in line is tomorrow. And it's an hour-long video interview with another member of the team. And that's going to go awesome. It's going to go amazing. And when that goes well, I'm going to interview with the team. And that's going to go awesome. And that's going to be amazing. And then they're going to make me an offer. And that's going to be fucking awesome. And that's going to be amazing. <laughs> like, it's just going to happen. And yeah, I have this certainty about it. It's just, that's just, just what's going to happen. I'm calling it like Babe Ruth. Like, this is how it's going to go. This is how it's going to go. Like, I felt it when I first saw that job posting, that this was my job. This is it. This is happening. This is how it's going to be. So I just found that very interesting that how it all unfolded in the location where I was at 
and just all of the energy and the teaching and like all of the things that were learned and the clarity and the outcomes and all that stuff happened in that room and just everything's clicked click 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 and it just keeps clicking so I'm very very grateful very grateful there's no ego in this it's just <laughs> which speaking to that through the experience of teaching this young man leading up to the point where I was actually having this exchange with him I realized how much ego I had wrapped up around the identity of teaching and this young man helped me strip that away and it was awesome that's definitely part of what he taught me and it was beautiful and I'm grateful for that so when I come across as confident and I'm like, this is just how it's going to be, that is not from a place of ego. That is literally from a place of like energetic feeling. Like I just have such confidence and belief. Like I have trust and I have surrender to that. Like it's just something I feel there's just times in my life where I just know. And that this is one of them. I just fucking know. So, the very last thing is that on Easter Sunday, off the cuff, I sent my mom a text and asked her if I could go over to my sister's house with her and my kids, you know. This was the first time I spoke with my mom since the day after Christmas. First time I saw my family, my mom and my sisters anyway. My mom and my sister, my other sisters in Texas, since Christmas. And that went very well. There was no weird energy, there was no confrontation, there wasn't any antagonism, there wasn't any of that. And, and my intention for doing that was to allow myself to be available. And I just went in just looking at it as I'm going to allow it to unfold and I'm just going to witness the expression as it comes. Because I've really been working on this whole divine masculine, divine feminine thing and I was just going to allow the moment to unfold moment by moment and just to witness the expression of that moment and not take it personally and to just allow it to be what it is and to create a container for it and to just allow it to be. That was my intention. And that's what I did. And it worked out really fucking well. It worked out really, really, really well. So, that's my update. It was a really big week. Lots going on. One of the best weeks of my life in recent history. Just a lot. That happened. A lot of beautiful things. So, thank you, as always, for listening. Much appreciated. This is the time. <laughs> this is the time to conclude. So, go live an inspired life so you can inspire others to go live their authentic and inspired life. Because at the end of the day, living an inspired life is a choice.
All right, I love you guys. I'll see you next time. Bye.